Good morning, good morning, everybody. Morning, welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat. Right, yeah, yes, Alison, you're on, you're live, you're out there in the metaverse, universe. Thank you for being such a good sport on uh, letting us interview you about your journey so far. Uh, it's uh, it's an awesome interview, so uh, well done, and uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, the message gets out there for more people to get investing, Alison, no matter what the circumstances, so thank you for that. Um, good morning to everybody. A few people jumping on right now. Quick hello to James and Michelle and Harami and Laura and Sean. Uh, good morning to you guys. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat. I'll do the quick intros for those who might be new. Hey, morning, Sharon. Ian. Anyone who's new? My name is Jason Whitten. If you haven't uh, met or, or chatted to me before, been property investing over 20 years, coaching property investors across Australia and New Zealand with my compadre, Sammy Saggers, and the team. And uh, along the way, we've done a few deals, learned a few things, and each morning we get together with you, a few crazy crew right here, right now, around about 8.05 each day, work day Monday to Friday, unless I'm on holidays, of course. Uh, and we chat, we talk about Property investing, a couple of sayings around here that are super important. Buy well, never sell. That is the idea when it comes to good quality real estate. You want to buy something that you're happy to own forever and this thing's a marathon, not a sprint. It takes time. Right now, right now, people, there are some people who are like disappointed with their properties right now in this moment in time because lots of properties are going up and maybe yours haven't. That's just the way the cookie crumbles, folks. That does happen. Uh, that is normal. Stick with it. Hang in there. Catch up with the coach. Talk to the right people. Don't talk to real estate agents. Lovely people. They're not, but they're not property investors. They're sales people. They sell properties. Anyway, that's not what I'm here to talk about today. Today, I'm here to talk about the idea. A quick chat about old versus new. Old versus new real estate uh, investing. Can and what shall we invest in when it comes to our uh, our building, our property portfolio, old versus new. There's a few age-old conversations around the idea of property investing when it comes to what should I buy um, and uh, what can I do with those properties, old versus new. Chuck it in the chat and there's a few mentoring clients here. So, you know, uh, what are your thoughts, old versus new? Do you like newer properties? Do you like older properties? Do you like a bit of a combo? Uh, for me, there's a bit of a matrix when it comes to the idea of owning uh, older properties or newer properties. We'll talk about that in a minute. Sam's shared a few things with me. Uh, so I'm going to go through those uh, in a minute. But let's talk about old versus new and some of the things that I think are important to you know, think about when it comes to this sort of stuff. Number one. What is it you are trying to uh, achieve, right? Uh, what is it you're trying to achieve? The idea for me is you need to know what you're trying to achieve right from the outset, okay? What is it? You know, is it cash flow? Is it growth? Uh, is it um, passive hands-off? You know, uh, do you want to add value um, you know, what? what is the goal? What are you trying to get done when it comes to owning a bit of real estate? 
um, old versus new will, matter of fact, um, uh, need to be thought through when you do this. Now, can you create cash flow from uh, old or new property? The answer is yes. Can you get growth from old or new property? The answer is yes. 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 <laughs> Passive hands off. You know, add value. You can do all of the same thing. Um, however, there's a few pros and cons, which we'll go through in a minute. And number two, you know, um, what do you want to achieve and what sort of time frame do you have to achieve it? And number three, what resources, let me rub that out, what resources do you have? Uh, resource. I think that's how you spell it. Anyway, resources, resources. How much money do you have to do a deal? Uh, and for me, unless you've got a, a reasonable uh, amount of money to renovate and add value, then you know maybe old may not be uh, maybe may not be your cup of tea. So let's have a bit of a sticky beak at this: old versus new when it comes to the world of real estate. Because the challenge for many of us right now, the newer properties, the construction costs are on the rise, and uh, the conversation, the gap between secondhand properties. Let's not call them old. Let's call them secondhand properties, you know, two years ago pricing to now. The gap between new versus secondhand is is becoming a little bit wider. And we need to understand how to justify that and rationalize that in our minds when it comes to, you know, the cost of newer properties potentially having, you know, some pretty significant increases in our values, in our costs when it comes to producing this bit of real estate. So let's have a let's jump in, and this is uh, this is a little bit of a matrix that Sam uh, sent over. So I thought I'd take you guys through it when it comes to you know old versus new properties. So let's have a, a look at a few of the cons. I think there's a couple that I'm, I'm going to add in here as well. But uh, you know older properties often you can buy in established neighbourhoods. What's good about established neighbourhoods? Uh, well, in established neighbourhood, there's uh, obviously shops, there's obviously cafes, restaurants. There's things there already. There's schools, you know, uh, et cetera. Infrastructure is already um, created and that kind of vibe, that cultural vibe that people like um, already exists. It doesn't mean brand new properties don't have that. Certainly in some of the newer estates, there's newer places where properties are being built. That's actually coming as part of the whole package. But, uh, you know, by and large, older properties have that more established feel. More land. You get a bit more land. Alison was talking about it there before. Get a bit more land in the in the uh, in the portfolio, and there's nothing wrong with having some land content in your portfolio. There is an interesting one though with land content, ladies and gents. There's a, a, a cutoff point. There's a ratio point where the land size, the land value. You know, for example, right now, if you wanted to buy a six hundred a uh, 600 square meter piece of land to build a brand new house on you'd probably pay uh you know quite a premium on that piece of land right so let's for example your the house is $300,000 to build and uh and you want you wanted to buy a 600,000 a 600 square meter piece of land 400 500 600 the difference in price is about $100,000 however you're not going to get that $100 more per week rent for the increase in size of the land. So there's a little 
there's a little thing we've got to think about when we're investing. Will that premium be paid back to us if we buy more land? And you've got to understand the calculations. We'll have a little look about that in a minute. Um, you can get more centralised locations, often brand new properties, um, by and large, are further out. Uh, second-hand properties can be affordable. They can fit a budget. Uh, and often they're available. Not right now, though, folks. <laughs> the marketplace is super squeezed right now. It's the lowest sales listing, secondhand sales listings we've seen in over 16 years uh, on the market right now. So, oh, yeah, well, it's pretty interesting. Um, some of the challenges with older properties, you know, building code issues, fire, um, uh, insulation, I think less, less efficient. Uh, less functional, less sort of boxy and hard to sort of put a cupboard in and, you know, all these sorts of things. There's some issues uh, and then there's certainly repairs and maintenance issues, certainly the older those properties are. If you bought a 20-year-old property now, you know, that, that it's functionally looking time to, to replace, you know, pretty significant amounts of uh, things in that house and you've got to keep an eye on that. Now, some of the values or the pros of a new property, obviously it's new, brand new. Uh, you got you can customize that property right from the scratch, right from the start. Energy efficient, less and almost no maintenance. It's certainly in the first, you know, one to five years of a, a new building. You've got warranties, you've got uh, building guarantees, lots and lots of stuff. Um, you can add, you can uh, uh, customize and add the value right then and there. Uh, and then I'm going to put in there tax deductions, and then I'm going to put in <laughs> or low tax deductions. All right low tax deductions uh, in here. Uh, the newer properties rent better. They rent dollar for dollar better. Um, certainly when it comes to the prices, you know, you pay uh, for a secondhand property and what you can rent for a secondhand property. And so, you know, there's a couple of extra uh, extra benefits. And But the, at the moment, here we go, pre-loved properties. I like that, Alison. I like the pre-loved properties. At the moment, some of the challenges are with the newer properties, you're getting they're a bit more expensive. You know, what are you getting for that? Well, the pros are uh, ahead. Um, there's less room for negotiation, uh, especially new properties. The price is the price. You know, that's the, way it, that's the way it rolls. You don't necessarily that often have a desperate vendor or someone who's you know, needs to sell or whatever it might be because newer properties are designed to sort of have a sales plan. You know, you might um, you might have to sacrifice on the location for building a brand new property, and the time frame you know can take six to eighteen months to build a new property from scratch. Okay, so a bit of a pros and cons, balancing it up. Um, but uh, some of uh, some of us can have the best of both worlds when it comes to new versus old, uh, especially um, if things can be blended into. These they don't have to be uh, at odds with each other. They don't have to. You don't have to compromise uh, if that's what you're looking for. Would you like, you know, a character neighbourhood? Would you like established suburbs? Um, you know, and middle inner uh, locations, central. You know, close to the infrastructure and the and the shops and whatever. And if the answer is yes, well, this is where you know Sam's calling it blended there. Um, this is where we have a look at what's called infill. Infill, where developers fill in places in the cities uh, when it comes to this sort of stuff. So, you know, if we're having a look at infill, 
to a city what might happen when it comes to, let's call this the CBD, CBD, infill. When we're closer to the city, what type of uh, property would an infill property be nine times out of ten, the closest to the city? Let's call that sort of CBD between sort of one and five kilometres from the CBD. Tell me, folks, in the chat, what type of property would be infilling, backfilling into the CBD, a brand new property in an established neighbourhood, in a great location, close to infrastructure, whatever it might be, what type of property would fill in in there? Tell me in the chat. You guys might be able to guess this one. And often it is units or apartments. Okay? So the upside of this stuff, or what if we think about it, you know, the challenge we wanted over here, which is the established neighbourhoods, you know, um, and central locations, well, we can get that with the best of old when we do infill NIMBY, absolutely, Michelle. The NIMBY, the NIMBY locations, um, and yes, you're going to end up often, Sharon said it there, often you're going to end up with apartments or units in that closer location to the, to the cities, but you're getting the things that you need. You're getting the infrastructure and those things, so think about that. Um, and as we move further away from the city, you know, 5 to 15K, we might be uh, doing that with townhouses, you know. There, there might be a big block of land and, and you know, we, we whack some townhouses on there. And further from the city, often 15 to sort of 30K, this is where you, you're getting the house and land, house and land situations in areas, okay. So that's where you're going out that way. Some of the op- opportunities in here as well. You know, um, the the uh, infill uh, conversation doesn't only happen with the units and apartments close to town. Sometimes, especially in places like Brisbane or uh, Adelaide or some of the older, um, not, not, not some of the older, some of the newer cities that aren't so established right now, you know, you can get, you know, uh, a duplex uh, or a splitter block or something like that, that can infill, that can backfill into neighbourhoods that are uh, established. You know, a large block of land, let's say the land was a 1,000 square metres, someone's grabbed it and subdivided it, and now you've got a new property, okay? So, you know, these are some of the things we need to consider. Listen, I'm a massive fan of new properties. They're just, for me, simpler, easier, um, less, less issue, less maintenance, less concern. Um, that's what I like. I've, I've stuck with new properties. I can't remember the last time I bought a secondhand property um, for my investment portfolio. Yeah, there you go. So a couple of little things I just want to quickly share with you guys this one. Uh, and I don't know if anyone realizes or noticed uh, it was in 2018 that the government changed a few things um, when it came to depreciation. This is a uh, depreciation calculator provided by BMT tax depreciation specialists. Now, these guys are great. I, I use them all the time when it comes to this online calculator. But let's just have a quick look at this when it comes to you know these tax deductions. Often for us as property investors, tax deductions are attractive. You, you know, you don't go buy a property just to get a tax deduction. It's a benefit. It's a it's a secondary benefit, not the main reason to invest. But you know, have a look at this. All right, let's say standard house. Residential medium construction style. Okay, the the year of construction, uh, let's call it twenty twenty. So let's say um, 
let's let's do a brand new property first. Sorry. Brand new property, 2021. We bought it 2021, and the closest city is Brisbane. That's why I'm just going to say Brisbane because I live here. Right. Now, let's calculate this. Press the little calculator button, and you can see up here in the in the year one calculations, right, 9,000 uh, plant and equipment, capital works, total $14,000 worth of depreciation, which then adds to the tax deductions. There's other expenses that you put in there. I'm not going to go through that one today, but this is depreciation on a brand new property, average brand new property, average brand new house right now, okay? Average brand new house. But let's have a look at this. Let's say you purchased a property one year old. One year. It was built in 2020, okay? Let's say built in 2020, and let's just change that, 2020, and let's just do the calculation. Now, check the plant and equipment, right? We're watching the plant and equipment number. Ladies and gents, check it out. Press the magic calculate button, abracadabra, zero. Ooh, ah, you said. 60 to 70% less depreciation on on a, a second-owned property. Um, you know, uh, Alison called them pre-loved. You know, you could love it for one minute. If you're the second owner of that property, then the tax deductions drop significantly from depreciation. So, you know, uh, take that for whatever it is. It is what it is right now. And uh, I think that uh, for us as property investors, newer properties when it comes to this stuff, if you earn quite a high income, income and cash flow is not your concern. You've got some tax minimization in the short term, wealth creation in the long term. You know, newer property can be quite useful when it comes to that stuff. So um, check that out. That's uh, pretty significant when it comes to the differences in the tax deductibility. All right, well, um, pretty low-key one this morning. I thought we'd just talk about new versus old. Um, both of them work. Both of them work. For me, uh, For me, I'm pretty busy. I don't like the idea of having to do more stuff on my time off, um, but I but – I certainly understand some of us like the idea of adding value to real estate, which is perfectly fine. So um, as you go, Bob asked a good question there. You know, are the new blocks really small? Uh, well, they can be, Bob. You know, the average one at the moment is probably 350 to 400 square metres, Bob. Um, but, I, you know, that's not too bad. You know, closer to 400 is not, not a bad budget number. Those 400 square metre blocks can be quite... Um, you know, quite a good price. You can get a good house on them, but you're not paying too much for the land and your, your rental yields, you know, pretty spot on in the middle. So, but yeah, check, have a look around, keep an eye on that stuff. Um, and obviously, you know, if you're getting infill apartments, you're getting closer to the city, you know, think about what that might look like too um, as you roll. So, um, yeah, and then another pro is the stamp duty saved exactly whoever that uh, is. Good, good, uh, good shout out, good reminder. Um, stamp duty savings, and then you know, at the end of the day, uh, it can all work depending on what you want. But I do know that people who own own really old properties after fifteen or twenty years of owning them, and they were twenty years old anyway, you don't want a thirty, forty year old property, you know, at the uh, back end um, of your investing uh, journey. 
unless there's some real sort of upside add value to that thing. Anyway, there you go. Good to see a few of you guys, you know, chucking a few ideas in there as well in the chat. If you ever have any ideas that you want me to chat about, you know, drop me a message or leave a comment in the chat. Always happy to cover one or two things um, each day, Monday to Friday on these Wealth Coffee Chats. All right, that's it, team. Done and dusted. Another Wealth Coffee Chat done for today. You guys stay well. Now, listen, shout out for tonight, mentoring. We are going to go through finance and where we're up to in the finance cycle. The property cycle is going well for the moment. What's going on with the finance cycle? Because they are kind of interlinked when it comes to the marketplace. Oh, Joel, how are you, brother? Good to see you. Thanks for diving in there. Margaret, good morning. Good to see you. Di, a bit of a reverse shout out to a few people. Hardik, thanks for commenting and thanks for being part of the the live stream this morning. All right, team. Wealth Coffee Chat done. You guys stay safe. See you tonight for mentoring. All about finance tonight. You guys be good. All right, that's it. Bye-bye.